Is that you? Oh, come on, man, not again. Don't do this to me. <gasps> Teo? Oh, hey, Ben. Jesus H. Christ, you scared the shit out of me. What's going on? Shh, keep it down. Why? Haven't you seen them? There are man-eaters around. Oh, come on, don't be so dated. It's not even funny. She's polyamorous, man-eater. Not your girlfriend. I mean, for real. Man-eaters. Cannibals. Anthropothagists. Did you look that up? Teo, stay in character. All right, all right. Oh no, anthropologists. Pothogists. Where? Here, in the forest, walking among us. You think all these silhouettes are trees, but some have eyes. Ah, uh, you're thinking of the hills. It's the hills have eyes. No, no, this place, this silent forest. You're thinking of the hills again. Silent hill. Keep it down. Stop bringing it back to horror references. Look, you don't get cannibals in Wales. Well, that's what I used to think, but there's some sort of magic afoot. Like, uh, Harry Potter. No, not like Harry Potter. Vicious stuff. There must be a coven nearby. Some sort of major witch project. Blair. Huh? It's the Blair witch project. You got the wrong Prime Minister. How can you be flippant at a time like this? These psychos, they're depraved. Some sort of living embodiment of evil. Kind of like a resident evil, you might say. Ah, oh, right, fuck this. I'm done with this intro. You always ruin everything. <laughs> Come on, I'm just kidding. No, you've scuppered it. There's no horror at all now. We may as well be playing Don't Starve. Hey, I like that game. And that's why I'm not Teo. I'm Ben. And I'm not Ben, I'm Teo. And this is... Pixel <laughs> A minute ago, I had a chainsaw running in the background, which I thought was very thematic. God damn, you do chop a lot of trees in this game, don't you? Chop a lot of trees. Chop a lot of trees, yeah. I felt like, I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I eat my lunch, I go to the laboratory. On Wednesday, I go shopping. And have buttered scones for tea. The number of hours you spent into the game, I was half expecting you to log on and to have your like face covered in sort of mud smears. Log on! Oh, it's gonna be tree puns, mate! Oh no, I didn't even mean that one. Yeah, like I was expecting sort of your house to have turned into some sort of shack and for you to be like dressed in rags. I should have done that. That would have been amazing follow-through, wouldn't it? Alright, well, so before we get going, I wanna know. Should it be called the forest or should it be called the island? Yeah, because it did remind me of the Leonardo DiCaprio film a little bit, didn't it? Shutter Island? No, not Shutter Island. How many island films has this guy done? It's actually called... The Beach, oh, no, the you beach. mean? It's called The Beach, isn't it? It's called The Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that is also an island, isn't it, right? Yeah. She's on an island. And the island is, is perfect. I mean, I mean, real... Perfection here. I'm not just talking about. Oh, that's nice. It's a real fucking deal, okay? I mean, there's more organised crime in that, whereas this is very disorganised crime. Don't know if you can call it crime. Mutants tearing you up. Those naughty boys. Swift justice will be coming their way. Those horrible little cruelly babies, like jumping at you. Yeah, yeah. 
We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So is it forest or is it island? Because I'm inclined to say that I think really it ought to have been called the island. Yeah, me too. But I mean, there was a lot less forest than island. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it flatters to deceive with the actual like forested area, doesn't it? Because the forested area is really nice and forested, mm. but then you get to the end of it and there's not that much more forest left. Yeah. But that said, like, it seems like an island, like that one half is like a big mountain which you can't pass. So it could be a peninsula, an unguarded peninsula. Well, that's a really good point, mate. It didn't even occur to me. Well, in that case, if it is a peninsula, it definitely can't be called the island. So the forest wins by default. Mm. Right. So what did you think? Gut reaction? Gut reaction was I thought it was a damn good game. Really, really good game. Yeah. Yeah, me too. What it does so well, um, it's this, exactly the same thing that Subnautica does, which is maintain tension throughout the playthrough, even as you kind of gain mastery over the game. Like in all survival games, there's always that arc, isn't there, of like initially being like, where am I? What the hell am I doing? I don't have any tools at my disposal to kind of like kind of building up your skills and your your actual knowledge of the game. Yeah. And your base as well. And your base so that you feel a bit more comfortable. And then you're so comfortable, it's like, this is a bit boring. But in this one, just like when you're watching a horror film, you're safe in your living room, but you're still scared. <laughs> like, I was still scared of this yeah, game yeah. by the end. And like moving, creeping slowly. That is an interesting take, because we'll get into that. Because um, while I agree with you overall, I've definitely got elements where I'd like to pluck apart that a little bit more. Yeah, same, same. All right, cool, cool. So do you want to give us a quick little summary, quick little... Oh, yeah, of course. Hey, a monologue? talking about the forest uh survival horror game came out was it last year it's a craft em up so you crash land on the peninsula or island right in the middle of a forest your plane gets split in half all passengers dead apart from you and uh your last moment after the crash before you regain consciousness is the inhabitants of the island stealing your little son away so you've got a story hook there already. You're trying to find your missing son on the island. To do that, you've got to chop down a lot of trees with the fire axe from the plane and gradually build up your supplies. Searching the cave systems, searching the surface of the island until you um, find your missing boy. Did you find your missing boy? Actually, just before you answer that question... I need to correct. It came out in 2018. Ah, um, and that was after a prolonged period of like early access when I think it was first released in 2014. So like official release 2018, I think. Okay, so we were actually quite late to this one. It's one that's been on my radar for a while. I didn't think it had been that long since it was released. Mm. And in fact, um, they just announced and I think have released a couple of trailers for, so it must be coming out fairly soon, Son of the Forest, which is the sequel. Nice. Anyway, sorry, little digression there did you find timmy no I, I did not find my son i don't know if we should talk about this straight away but basically again ben played this game for considerably longer than i did i logged about 15 hours in the end and i felt like he was just around the corner right it just isn't 15 hours into the game it just isn't straight around the corner like unless you spent no time building a base developing your character learning like the mechanics exploring caves like unless you felt like almost no time and you just went functionally like boom 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 to all the key locations 
then I, there's no way finding Timmy was just around the corner, I don't reckon. Well, yeah, I'll have to take your word for it. But it felt like I'd explored everywhere and there was just this one last place which I couldn't get to because I hadn't found the tools. I was like in the centre of all the caves, like right down below um, in the middle of the island. And there's this like pool of water which you clearly have to like dive into to come out the other side but i didn't have the air breather so i didn't have like unlimited mm. water breathing and i couldn't again calls it a rebreather and i couldn't see underwater either and although there are these sort of hilariously placed like generator lights which kind of tell you that you're meant to go that way i couldn't find my way there and i spent about like half an hour just like blindly swimming through this pool to see if i could get there but i couldn't and i couldn't find the rebreather so yeah i was stumped Okay, well, let me tell you, you're not even close to finding oh, Timmy no. when you haven't even found the rebreather. The rebreather is like required tool for access to so many areas that ultimately lead to so many more areas. Really? Okay. And additional tools, yeah. So, yeah, there is a lot more of the game after that. I mean, not necessarily a lot more of the map. I can't really remember off the top of my head, but certainly a lot more areas to discover. On the map, like it looked like I'd basically seen everything. Like, mate, there's no chance. Like, so if you haven't found the rebreather, you haven't even seen some. Games. Well, yeah, but th- that's because like th- my mat was full to bursting. Like nothing else could fit on my mat. I was like, surely there can't be any more items. I knew I I knew about the rebreather that I hadn't found, obviously. But oh fuck me, it annoyed me that the rebreather it didn't clear up your vision. Really? It's like a fucking scuba diving kit. Why doesn't it? let you see underwater like it lets you breathe underwater but you still have the same blurry vision that you had before surely there'd be some goggles somewhere let me just check that nah there weren't it's muggy as shit mate did you check if there are goggles no I'll be so pissed off if there are nah I looked it up says you need the rebreather has a flashlight that activates when underwater but your vision will still be blurry yeah that's silly when we say map one of the things the game does really well i think is to avoid inventory management it keeps you in the game world so for instance your inventory is not like a grid in the traditional sense it's literally like a little mat which you like see laid out on the ground with all like your sticks. Yeah, I love that. The picnic rug. All your sticks and rocks and berries and tools and stuff. It's like a combination of the worktop. You know how in some games you like lay out a sort of worktop that you construct things. Mm-hmm. It's like a combination of that and an inventory screen, isn't it? What's really cool is that sometimes in crafting games, the crafting menu itself can be a bit overwhelming. Like it's just a sort of list of like every possible thing you can make and the things that required you to make it. Whereas in this, it's just like you stick something in the middle of the map and it tells you what else you need to make something with that thing. Mm. Gives you a little cog that you can hover over and it then gives you options. Yeah, I don't know. It just it feels intuitive in a way which... um yeah, like definitely even Subnautica didn't. I definitely think this game is intuitive to play because whereas with a lot of games like this, I feel daunted as you described there and feel like I need to look things up or I need to sort of ask around and check, how do you do this? How do you do that? And like take to Google basically. With this, you can just trial and error and experiment and it doesn't feel aimless. It feels structured. As soon as you realise, oh, when you put something in the middle of your mat, it gives you a cog and lets you see what you can construct with that mm. thing. Well, then every time you get curious or you find something new, you just put it in the middle of the map and see what your potential options are. And like that straight away becomes obvious. And it's just the whole game's like that. It's really straightforward. One of the problems with that as well, though, is that if you don't find things in a certain order, 
then sometimes that becomes confusing or difficult or it feels like the game wants you to discover things in a certain order but as far as i know you randomly spawn on the island your location not quite randomly there's like some easier areas that you get randomly spawned in oh wow i did not know that i could be wrong nobody quote me on that but i'm pretty sure that that's the case and that's based on the very first time i played I didn't realise how to save or anything like that, and I assumed there was some sort of auto-save going on. Ended up exploring the cave system, getting mauled to death by mutants. Then, even though the game gives you, like, one backup life, where when they kill you, they sort of drag you to their cave and string you up, and then you cut yourself down and find a few little bits of sustenance to keep you going, to give you a sort of second wind. Even though that happened... I still ended up getting devoured a second time. And then it's like, game over, you died, you survived one day. (laughs) Because it was the very first time I started. That was the only time I died, for the record. I didn't realise that the save function required building huts and stuff until later down the line. Yeah. I mean, we can get on to how the game saves and stuff as well. But I just mean, I think if you find things in a certain order, the same as there's an item called the pedometer, which you discover later on. And... It's like you discover that after you've been playing a game for like so many hours. It's like, give me that right at the beginning. Let me find that in the plane or something so that I've got a track. That would be really interesting. But because everyone finds it at different times, you can't even contrast that. Like I couldn't say to you, how many steps did you do? Because you might have found it at the beginning and I found it at the end. Yeah, for sure. And I did did find it at the end as well. Like in my last play session, I found the pedometer and I was like, oh, that's cool. I would have actually really liked to know how many steps I'd done in the game. Mm. Not the end, 15 hours in, just saying. But, okay, my last game session. (laughs) But it's always a balance with that, isn't it? Because, like, you want the things you find to feel special, and they can't feel special if they're everywhere. It's a trade-off, isn't it, between, like, Mm. some people find them late. What I had with that was, like, the most basic of equipment, a fucking torch. It's like, I wanted a torch for the whole 15 hours I was playing. I was like, I've got to be missing it. It's got to be obvious. It's required, like, you can put it on the bow to make a bow torch. Yeah, you can put it on anything, basically. You can gaffer tape it to whatever you like, yeah. And I was like, so there's got to be loads of torches around this island, but could not for the life of me find one. And then I finally found one at the end, and I was like, ah. Thank God, at least I found the torch before I started the pod. Like, (laughs) Yeah, although the torch is that classic torch that is only just... I mean, maybe even arguably not better than the lighter. <laughs> like, if it's a different form of light, maybe it's a bit more concentrated. But I can't remember, we played another game where I remember we criticised the torch quite a lot. Can't remember which it was, maybe Black Mesa or something. I think it was Black Mesa, yeah. This made me think of that just because, it's honestly, you go in and you think, yes, I found a torch, I'll turn it on and illuminate the cavern. And, like, it hardly does anything. Yeah, but at least it's a directed beam that doesn't flicker on and off. Like... For context, you start with this lighter, the most resilient lighter in the world, where, <laughs> where yeah, <a> little zippo. <laughs> never runs out of fuel. However much you sort of go bathing in the sea or like swimming through lakes and stuff, always fine. But yeah, so you're essentially illuminating these pitch black caves quite often with this little lighter and it always kind of like flicks off and then you'll be like sparking it up. And I don't know if that's like random or whether there's like 10 different sort of ignition sequences for it. Do you know what I mean? Mm little animations but like sometimes it will be a tense moment the lighter will go off and it'll be like and you're like oh god just fucking light light the lighter like what's going on (laughs) a minute ago we were talking about the map and i want to come back to the map because while i love the way the map works which is that essentially you start with a blank page and as you walk around 
your character kind of auto draws mm. and sometimes you have this lovely little sound of paper scratching in the background like <laughs> as he like uncovers a new area mm. although I do love that I also just wish the game would let you annotate it a bit yourself because absolutely yeah it's so regimented the way and, and sparse like it doesn't really give you much the little icons you know we talked about how the game's intuitive in a lot of ways but the icons aren't that intuitive, I don't think. Like, the entrance and exit of caves are displayed, like, by an arrow pointing up or down, which doesn't really make sense because you can go in the exit and out the exit, so that doesn't work straight away. And I don't know, there's, like, when you find new animals, so one of the things you have to do in the game is obviously hunt, a bit sort of Far Cry primal-ish. Yeah. Hunt animals, skin them, and then use their hides to craft whatever you want, like a bag for your arrows, a quiver or whatever. And when you do that, you want to be able to say, oh, look, I just found a wild boar for the first time. This is where boar are on the map. But the map doesn't log that that's where Bora. Mm. Bora? Bora is? Bora, yeah. <laughs> Bora. Boreta? Boreta? Boreta. Instead, you just have to kind of memorise it or do what I did, which is find a version of the complete map, print it off, and then just annotate it as I went around, like manually. Oh, wow. That's so cute. Yeah, it was really nice, actually. And I could write, like, boars here, mm. or I wrote, like, entrance to cave with waterhole or stuff like that, because the game doesn't do that. And it's really frustrating. Initially, you can waste quite a lot of time being like, which one of those cave entrances did I just come out of? Like, they're quite close to each other or something like that. So, yeah, I just wish... It seems like such a straightforward element to the game. And some games have it in, like, Pillars of Eternity 2 had it where you could annotate the map and it made no difference whatsoever. It's, like, utterly pointless. And this game, I feel like you really want to be able to annotate the map, and you can't. <laughs> yeah, what I wanted was a system like Breath of the Wild, where I could just add little markers. I wanted a selection, like not unlimited, of like maybe five different symbols. I choose myself what they mean, and I could just stick them on the map wherever I wanted. And that would have made such a difference. Because as it was, your location is displayed with uh, this red pin that moves around hilariously if you like hold the map up as you're walking. Mm sort of like floating pin and what i would do is when i was at a place which i wanted to remember i'd just try and like your way is a lot more logical to actually print it off i'd just try and like remember where my red pin was so that i could like make my red pin be in the same place again mm. but yeah like like you were describing with the symbols for the caves and stuff i, I didn't really even notice a pattern there to me it just seemed like kind of flavor drawings i couldn't find any sort of logical association between the drawings on the map and the caves well maybe that is it because that's what i'm saying is it didn't seem that logical the way that they'd done it but other things as well like when you're in the cave system the map for the cave system is diabolical <laughs> like it's sometimes it's really unclear whether you're in the cave or in the sort of rock yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the way it's drawn and you can't tell when you come to a crossing whether that's like you're going over another passage or under another passage and you think come on this guy's a survival expert he's actually a tv celebrity eric leblanc or something his name is isn't it <laughs> well like bear grills is he yeah look bees just seen them buzzing out of this little cave and bees for me means one thing honey bears love honey brute of a bee sting this. I feel a bit like the elephant man. It's actually quite hard though to see out of this eye. Feels like a bit of a price to pay for a bit of honey. 
But if you risk nothing, you gain nothing. Yeah, well, so I don't know whether he's originally a survival expert in that way. <laughs> I guess this was kind of a nod to I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. <laughs> like, he's a TV celeb and he gets stranded on an island for real. Do you know what I mean? Uh... And at the end of the game, if you get to the ending I did, then he, that kind of goes full circle in some ways. But I won't get that yet. Cool. What we can say on that, though, is that you find part of the things you find throughout the game aren't just tools. You collect like photos and notes or magazine cuttings. And there's one magazine mm. cutting you find, which is like man goes missing with son. And like it's what you presume is a picture of you and your son. But you're like, I'm me now. How am I finding an old cutting of me going missing? Do you know what I mean? Or was that just like coincidental sort of this also happened in the past as well? I think a lot of it is littered for intrigue. I mean, there's an obvious parallel to Lost throughout this whole mm. thing, right? Like yeah, plane crash, sure. stranded on an island, weird shit going on. You do find, especially because in the same way Lost had it, like initially it seems like everything's sort of quite atavistic and primal. And then there's this sort of modernity that creeps into it and you start finding reference like at one stage actually quite near the beginning you just find a yacht so everything else is like bone clubs and bone arrows and little rustic like stone fire pits and then there's just a fucking speedboat just nearby that you can swim to and it's like hyper modern and there's like a key card locked door and all this kind of stuff yeah yeah and that's obviously very similar to lost in that in that regard so you'll be walking along the beach and there'll be loads of shipping containers full of like like boxes of circuit boards uh which you can make explosives with so it's kind of like ah this is where i go for my circuit boards kind of thing but then it's also a bit weird like why are there shipping containers for the circuit boards here and then all of the caves that you explore have already been climbed out by the most expert climbers ever with like these ropes which have lasted god knows how many years perfect for climbing up and down well the ones who've survived because you do find climbers who are just like strung hanging True, yeah. from like some precipice yeah yeah the other game that i actually thought it reminded me of a lot is firewatch mm, same Another one where you're exploring a kind of patch of forested wilderness, otherwise known as a forest. <laughs> um, and there's a sort of atmosphere of foreboding, mm -hmm. but the reality is there's not actually any major threat to your person. And it's all just built by narrative intrigue. And yeah, it's super tense and exciting. Yeah. And I felt the same with this, although this game obviously does throw mutants at you that look like sort of giant man babies, yeah. like zombie Agent 47s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those guys. Quite androgynous, aren't they? Yeah. Well, some of them are. Some just have their massive knockers out. Some just have huge boobs. The, um... <laughs> but the... Uh, <laughs> Let's try to get my words back now. Um, Just forget thinking of them. Put them out of your mind. This is what it is. Like, when you're asked to kill things mercilessly in games, the more dehumanised they are, the more you're able to do that. And with most of the character models for, like, the people or things on this peninsula, they are really dehumanised. Like, they have, like, completely grey skin... They sleep standing up. It's kind of freaky when you catch them sleeping standing up. Mm. But then some of them are more human and especially, yeah, like the ones who've got breasts, you feel a bit bad about like spearing them in their body over and over again as they like run towards you. So yeah, I actually did think that was a, an odd decision. 
And I, I can't remember where I read it, but I read something about the game where, like, because the behavior of the AI of these things is, like, is interesting, isn't it? They don't just attack you. They kind of, like, run around you. I mean, interesting. I'm not sure about that, mate. Right. I just thought the behavior of the AI was fucking diabolical. <laughs> like, it's honestly some of the worst enemy movement I've ever seen. Seriously, it was like playing one of those online games with extreme lag, where enemies just run into walls for like five seconds, and then just turn around and run in a circle, and you're just watching them like, I'm over here, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> no, I think that is unfair, actually. Because the, what I wrote, I also wrote down Firewatch and like Subnautica, obviously, but I wrote down like Firewatch meets Subnautica meets dot 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 Oblivion. Have you heard about Kavach? They say that Deirdre came from Oblivion and burned the whole city to the ground. By the gods! Yes. See you. Good day. Because it reminded me loads of Oblivion in its jank. Like, the AI of enemies in Oblivion is so bad. Yeah. And it's a similar kind of, like, weapon mechanic you've got where you, like, you just kind of stab or slash. It's kind of dependent on the weapon you're holding. Must be in the wind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that what they say? <laughs> Something like that. Must have been the wind. But with this, in the caves, then it doesn't work so well. But when they're the outside, they sort of circle you. Sometimes they don't even attack you. They just keep their distance. Mm. They climb up trees. And you're never quite sure if they're like, want to kill you or just want to observe you. Most of the time they do want to kill you. Uh, yeah, I quite like the ones that just run and you hear them from a distance sort of like, Aah! or they do this like howling where they're like, mm. which is really quite disconcerting when you're sort of plodding around in the undergrowth in the dark but i would say that's the lesser of their behaviors yeah. in general in general they see you they run straight at you miss you by a mile and you're thinking like what i don't know it's just so janky man i do get what you're saying it's a sense that they have plotted a way that they want the enemies to behave and if that worked and when it does work it's really effective. Like you say, the sort of hunched sleeping upright and the observing from a distance, which is really creepy. Especially when they observe you, then run away and then come back with a gang. Mm. And you feel like, oh shit, I've been spotted by a scout or whatever. That's nice. But then when they actually land on you, they're just useless. They're so useless, actually. This is what I wanted to pluck apart earlier on, which is I didn't really feel that much of a sense of threat after the first sort of few hours in the game because I knew that any time they came at me, I could literally just slowly sidestep and then spear them some more with an upgraded spear that's super cheap to make. And you can throw your spears and have like a spear bag, but I'm really not sure what the value of that is. Yeah. Especially because actually one of the big criticisms I have about the mechanics of this game is that combat is terrible. So like there's no sort of crosshair. Aiming with ranged weapons is just a case of guessing wildly. It's not very accurate. There's no sense of sort of, I don't know, resistance or gravitational factoring or anything like that. I found that all of that really janky. But it, it didn't matter because for me, the combat was like, by the by. Like, I was almost tempted, actually. I, I mean, I wasn't. But, like, in hindsight, if I played again, I would just play it with the enemies off mm. because that is an option. They give you, like, a peaceful mode or whatever, which I think would make playthrough quite difficult because for a lot of crafting, you need bones, which you only get by burning the corpses of... Uh, of mutants and Teo's pulling a funny face like I've just blown his mind with this. Yeah, because I, I found some bones by accident and it was when I accidentally killed someone over a fire, but I did not twig that twig. Fuck's sake. 
sorry, this is... Right, can I just say, there was absolutely no intention to come to this podcast and fill it with wood references. This is entirely organic, and I think we should leave now? Wait, what? Yeah, sorry, I just... Uh, I don't know. Not intentional, really not intentional. But yeah, and I found some bones, and like bones... You need a lot of bones to craft some things. Like, not loads of things require bones, but the things that require bones, it's like, you can use as many bones as you want, unlimited bones to make a bone fence. And I was like, where the hell are all these bones coming from? I tried, I feel a bit guilty about this. I tried, like, pummeling corpses for a while with the club to see if I could get some bones out of it. Any sort of hanging body. I love it. Like the giant piñatas that are just going to explode into bones. Because that's how it happened to me the one time I, the whole one time I did find bones. It was like, they sort of just like exploded out of nowhere. And I was like, where have these bones come from? I was in a bit of an awkward situation in a hut. But yeah, could not find bones, but that makes sense. Oh, mate, not just bones, like feathers. Did you twig out to get feathers in the end? Yeah, I got quite efficient at getting the feathers. Because you get them from birds, obviously. Yeah, but you don't just get them from birds. Oh. Where else do you get them from? Build a little bird house. If you build a bird house, then you leave it in a tree, go away for like a few hours. When you come back, there's just little feathers stacked on top because of the birds coming in and out. Fair. Well, I obviously acted like a complete noob then because the birds, sometimes little flocks of them just come and like circle around you. And sometimes they land on your arm, which is quite sweet. But I was thinking... Why do you keep doing this when I'm slaughtering you for your feathers <laughs> over and over again? And when you when you spear a bird, the feather the bird dies and the feathers sort of like flutter up into the air. And I got quite good at like jumping up and pressing Y, like grabbing the feathers out of the air. <laughs> Honestly, I had a stack of feathers. <laughs> I've got visions of you like the crazy pigeon woman from Home Alone. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> oh man, it took me a while to realise that a birdhouse collected feathers, and I discovered it by accident. And, mate, another one of those, you probably did realise this, to be fair, but I played the whole game through either using my lighter for light or my torch for light, but did you ever just set fire to a cloth stick and wield a fully flaming brazier? I didn't didn't do that. I didn't do that either. I didn't do that either. But that's, like, the most obvious way, and apparently that's why you get so much bloody cloth. I always had cloth coming out of my arse. Not literally, that'd be very unpleasant. But, you know, a lot of cloth. It took me a while to realise you could make cloth into into rope, even. Like, it's so obvious when you think about it. But for ages, I was like, oh, I've got to go and find some more rope. Wait, what? <laughs> you didn't know you could do that? Amazing. Absolutely what? amazing. Use cloth to make rope? I just found rope on, like, boats and stuff and in the caves. So there is enough rope around to not have to do that. But the problem is you can only hold, like, four rope at once. Yeah, that's so annoying. If you want to construct, like, some rope-heavy things, then it's you can carry unlimited cloth. So it's like you just make up the rope you need as you need it. Oh, mate, I'm so glad we landed here because I'll tell you now, inventory limitations do my fucking nut. I've been wanting to talk about this in episodes for ages. And finally, we've got one which exemplifies the problem, right? I can carry infinite batteries, infinite leaves, infinite cloths, loads of outfits, chainsaws, machetes, fucking fuel tanks. I can walk around with fuel tanks, but I can only carry five PCB boards. What? And there's loads of things like that. Initially, you can only carry like five or ten arrows before you get a quiver got a chainsaw here 15 snacks 10 sodas (laughs) yeah exactly 10 sodas five meds yeah five meds oh my god that is another dire one like how small is a pack of meds why can i not carry more of them the thing is there's a legitimate 
question here. Like, I'm, we're sort of making light of it, but I genuinely get baffled by this in games. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you do that? I'm assuming it's to do with, like, memory limitations rather than you're skeptical of that. You think it, they're imposing it as some sort of design choice. Yeah. That's fucking baffling, man. Like, why? I don't understand it. It's balance, I think. If you could hold unlimited meds, then the game... I mean, it's already too easy, though, isn't it? So... I don't really. This isn't a game about challenge, really, is it? Like, let's be honest, this is a game about exploration and discovery. It's amazing, the sense of despair you feel initially when you're just sort of daunted by this whole creepy world where there's people hanging, mm. people with, like, tennis rackets shoved down their throats mm. and all sorts of gnarly shit. In fact, I'm kind of surprised you liked the sort of horror element of it because I know you're not a fan of Lovecraftian horror and this is super Lovecraftian. Mm. One of the caves you go into is just full of dead babies, yeah. sort of mutant babies, and you're like wading through them and there's gory, grotesque visions of hell. <laughs> I think that the reason I found it palatable and I don't know, like as an artistic decision it worked for me in this game is because you had the contrast with the beautiful overworld, which is like stunning, I think, to walk through the woods, making your base and mm. collecting flowers, all that sort of thing. Making your base, mate, is so joyful, isn't it? I know, yeah. I felt like I was in Swiss Family Robinson. I did. Yeah, same. Made in a zip line with very limited rope because I didn't realise you could make it. <laughs> your face when I told you that but um, I guess you didn't have anyone watching you over your shoulder I mean my housemate's going to get another mention because he's often on the sofa when I'm playing games for the pod and when I'd literally sit down I'd be like okay you've got to play some pod game now and sit down for two hours and just be chopping trees and just the thought of him like looking at me over his shoulder just being like what is he doing He's literally just chopping down virtual trees for two hours. Like, it'll be baffling for him. But there is something so nice about it, isn't there? Mm, for sure. There's sort of little frustrations built in, like, when you cut down a tree, it only gives you, like, three... Or depending on the size of tree, only gives you, like, three logs or something. Yeah. And then you can only carry two at a time. And then you can build, like, a little log sled and put logs on it, which is lovely. Like, all those things I loved. And I, one of the first things I built in the game was log storage. <laughs> Just built loads of log storage and stick storage. But the reality is you only really cut logs when you need to use them. So storing them, a bit pointless. Mm. And also because anywhere you store them, you're then going to have to run to to retrieve them, which is annoying when there's trees next to where you want to build. So yeah, you have to cut down a lot of trees and sometimes it's frustrating, but it is also sort of weirdly calming and therapeutic. And it gives you that sense of, I don't want to say flow because that's quite a treasured sort of mentality. Yeah. But it gives you a sense of deep, yeah. Thought. I don't know if anyone's ever stacked a real life log pile, but it is incredibly satisfying. And this is the, definitely the closest I've come in a game. <laughs> I love that. I don't know if anyone's ever done that. I'm pretty sure some people have. Well, it depends. A lot of city goers probably haven't got the log piles out back like we did. Rural Wales, salt of the earth. You know, in uh, New Zealand, log chopping, actually, and in Wales, now it comes to think of it, log chopping is very much a sport. You have a big old race chopping trees. Oh, uh, yeah, no, yeah, they do that in Wales, like at the Royal Welsh Show, yeah. Here we go. Come on, Michael. Yes, it's all yours now, Mike. Can I slow down now? Yes, right, you, it's in the old time now. Did you bring a wife with you, Michael? No. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> Not, not, nothing against your wife, like, but she wouldn't want to see you suffer like this. <laughs> yeah, and also Prestine, like, Fun Day. They've got that competition. 
Prestine fun day. I love the idea that our international audience is like, where the fuck is Prestine? It always gets reference. Prestine Players Poker Club. Like, it's this mythical place. I bet there's people Googling it all over. Like, where's Prestine? They think it's a fictional gaming land. But no, it's very much a real place in Wales. More people know about Prestine than you'd have thought for such a small place, though. I'd say its reputation is uh, not commensurate to its size. Yeah, true. Uh, anyway, you said it's a shame that you get only get three logs from one tree. But to be fair, this does have the best tree chopping animation of any game I've ever Like you're hacking it away with the axe. It's literally like chipping away, depending on where you hit it at the trunk. And then it like creeps over and goes like... And it's only at the point it hits the ground where it kind of like transforms from the tree it was into just these three perfectly sliced logs which is a shame but (laughs) you know oh no but imagine how infuriating it would be if you then had to walk over and strip it of twigs and all that stuff yeah exactly there are quite a few things that happen passively in the game like collecting leaves like anytime you chop down a tree or chop down a bush or anything like that you just collect leaves by default Mm. thank god because that would be interminable and you need leaves for so many things Mm. like building a temporary shelter for instance to save so i mentioned saving before but saving is one of those things where in order to i presume sustain tension and prevent you from just spamming quick save in caves and that kind of stuff. You have to build a little shelter. And initially, I think that works quite well. But as you've been playing the game for a while, you have such a store of leaves. Like I spent so long building my base at the beginning, full on Tom Hanks in Castaway, like, mm. you know, with my little Wilson or whatever. Wilson! <laughs> or Milky Joe, the Mighty Boosh parody. Oh, yeah. Do you, know, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, cool. He's an ass. <laughs> Oh, you're joking. I'm an open-minded guy. We're going to have some punch and head off down the beach, see what happens. Maybe go for the coconut freeway. What about me? What about you? You've got Milky Joe. The man's an ass. Is he? He's really boring. He won't stop talking about Sartre. Isolation. Yeah. So, you spend so long doing all of that, chopping down trees and chopping down bushes and whatever, that you end up with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of leaves in your store, which you can carry an infinite volume of. You're just plodding around with sacks on your back or something. And so when you get into a cave later on in the game, it's actually not a sweat to just be like, oh, just quickly whack up another temporary shelter. And if you don't sleep in it, it doesn't... Like, if you sleep in it, the reason it's temporary is because as soon as you sleep in it, for some reason, it just dismantles. Yeah. I'm not sure why that is. Maybe you're a really rough sleeper <laughs> and you're tossing and turning yes. and tearing it apart in your sleep. But for whatever reason, you can just build it, save, and then crack on. Yeah. And later on in the game, that's no sweat. I built so many shelters in cave systems just so I didn't have to keep running back and saving. And I started to think like, why didn't they just let you save? Or why didn't they put like a time limit on saves or auto saves or something? like? I don't know whether the shelter save system works yeah i'm i'm with you it it doesn't work it's engineered for tension in the caves i think because you can carry maybe like 20 sticks and uh, shelter costs 14 sticks 
So you can build one, but then when you're in the caves, there isn't abundance of sticks. But every now and again, you get to a point in a long cave where there's just like a pile of sticks on the ground. Yeah. And you're like, ah, I see some sticks so that I can make a shelter and save. And it's like, that doesn't really work. Just let me save. If you're going to do that, just let me save. It's the same as if you do die. Because I, I did die a few times. I think you're probably a lot better at this game than me, maybe. Finally. I did die a few times. And when I died, I wasn't going to start the game again. I'm obviously going to quit and reload. And the same as if I just died by mistake once with your one life that you get which regenerates every time you sleep, I think. Exactly. I'm obviously just going to quit and load. So just give me that option. 100%, yeah. That was really annoying that there also wasn't a load button from the game. Mm. So if you did want to reload, you had to quit to main menu and then reload from there, Mm. which is like, why? Like, we're obviously going to do that. Just add a load option in the game. (laughs) So yeah, I agree. That stuff was ropey, especially because when you leave an area and re-enter an area, all of the sort of, stock that was littered on the floor replenishes so you can go between a crevice it loads a new area and get a load of sticks then if it's not enough sticks just go back out and go back in and you get more sticks yeah yeah like along along that like we didn't make it it's it's obvious because it's a survival game really but there are hunger and thirst meters um, as well as sanity and stuff i didn't actually find the stats page in my book for ages sanity doesn't do anything doesn't do anything at all Interesting. No, I Googled it afterwards because I was like, what the hell? I've not, I've totally misunderstood this thing. What's going on? Apparently they implemented it with the intention of it doing something and then it just fell apart in easy access, but somehow it got left in game. Right. Okay. Which is scrappy, isn't it? Come yeah, on, yeah, get, yeah. either get rid of it or put it in and do something. But the, the hunger and thirst you do have to pay attention to, but there is an abundance of soda and snacks absolutely everywhere. So even with that limit in your inventory, you don't have to worry about really you don't actually have to worry about hunting and cooking meat and stuff because there's just enough snacks to go around mm. like you know if you keep exploring oh man now we're talking about it though hunting jesus christ <laughs> initially took me ages to find a wild boar like ages to even find it let alone kill it because those things just run like the clappers and they take a few arrows as well like sure you can start using berries for poison and that becomes quite useful because it slows things down if you use poison Mm. but man they they are absolute sponges arrow sponges what's an arrow sponge uh hedgehog (laughs) i don't know what's it what's it called when uh people use needles porcupine Uh, you know when you're like a knitter or a sewer acupuncturist (laughs) showing my middle class there you know when you do knitting or sewing and you have like a little ball of yarn, but it's not a ball of yarn, but it's quite stabbed with knitting needles. Pincushion, yeah, pincushion. A pincushion, yeah. That's what I was going for. They're like pincushions. That was not worth it. Moving on. <laughs> From this little discussion, though, I'm guessing that you fought mostly with the bow and arrow. Is that right? Oh, big time. I absolutely love the bow and arrow, yeah. And because yeah, yeah. as soon as you get the modern bow as well, it's like super smooth because there's loads. I actually found a crossbow as well which i'm pretty Mm. sure most people wouldn't find because i had to swim fucking miles in the very corner of a map where i found a shipwreck and i swam right down and i was as actually in my head i was thinking i do like this game but it's a bit empty and it doesn't really reward your exploration as much as i would like and then i found the shipwreck and i was like i wonder if there's anything at the bottom swam right down the bottom there was a little entrance right at the bottom of it swam into that there was a cave system totally detached from the main island and it had uh, a crossbow in it. 
with some crossbow bolts, but no way of making any more. And I don't think you could even fire it. Like I tried, I think. So it was just a sort of aesthetic perk. Oh, well, between us, we'd have something then because I did find some crossbow bolts and I did find that shipwreck, but because I didn't have that bloody rebreather i couldn't explore it uh yeah put me out of my misery where's this rebreather oh mate i couldn't possibly describe you try describing that cave system oh it's kind of near the other cave in the passage with the dark rock oh yeah fair fair and they're all given really unhelpful names like waterfall cave ledge cave chasm cave cliff cave cliff cave yeah it's like i'm not gonna be able to distinguish these even like semantically let alone visually when you get into those cave systems it basically turns into the descent the game did you ever watch that Mm. film the horror film in 2005 you want to climb like that before i told you i saw someone that was not a human being screw this let's take our chance and take a tunnel move And then as soon as you get to the bits with water and the systems as well, it's like James Cameron's The Abyss and Sanctum. He did both of them, like 10 years apart, or actually about 30 years apart. Mm. It almost feels like they've just ripped that off completely. Because the thing about being in a cave system, right, is that I know a lot of games introduce them to create tension, to create horror, to create claustrophobia. And that works up to a point, it does. But the issue with games in James, the issue with games, caves in games, I'll go again. The issue with caves in games is one of like graphic fidelity because the light is so bad and the textures are so also so bad flat that actually it's not that interesting like there's dark interiors like muggy textures everything's quite ugly it's hard to see it's not like an enjoyable environment to explore mm. but the bulk of the game takes place in them and like I'm not a fan of potholing and caving in real life so like Doing it at a game, mm. while it's enjoyable up to a point because I can experience something I wouldn't experience in real life, it's also kind of like, eh, give me big open vistas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the pace at which you traverse them sometimes can be a bit ponderous. So you find a, a wall axe. By the way, actually, this is a good point to mention how strong your character must be they're doing everything with one hand so when you find this climbing axe you've got your torch or your lighter in your left hand and you're just (laughs) smacking your cave axe in your right hand pulling yourself up and then pulling it out with the same hand (laughs) as if so i can't remember what that moves called in in climbing where you jump so like there's like a moment where you're actually like not attached to the cliff or he's just doing that with one hand with this axe but it's quite slow Exactly the same when you're climbing up these really long ropes up and, well, up, certainly, just one hand with your lighter in one hand and then just like grabbing with the other hand. For ages, I didn't realise that you could hold down sprint, slide down the ropes. Yeah. So I was just like ponderously like climbing down the rope, like, oh my God. With your energy depleting rapidly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thank God you can actually slide down them because like that does speed things up a bit. But yeah, when you have to climb up one, it takes forever. But the other thing is like, I found myself, because I didn't find the climbing axe for ages. Actually, that was one of the things that frustrated me the most, is I felt like I'd explored every fucking cave system in the game and I couldn't find the goddamn climbing axe, obviously, because I hadn't explored every cave system in the game. Mm. I got to a point where I would see the the walls that clearly needed climbing gear and I would just pop a load of painkillers and just jump off in the hope that I'd survive the fall. (laughs) And, uh... What's kind of annoying is that often I did. So I did manage to explore areas that I just shouldn't really have had access to. And the same, so in the middle of the island, 
Okay, so we've sort of circumvented spoilers to some extent so far, but here I'm just going to go right in with the spoilers. So if you are going to play this game or if you're worried about story, and to be honest, I would be worried about story if I was going to play the game because that's what makes it incredible is the sense of discovery and adventure. So like, yeah, yeah. at this point, turn off if if you're going to play it. Sinkhole, giant fucking sinkhole in the middle of the island, mm-hmm. like a huge crater. And when I discovered that, I was like, wow, like you emerge in the forest and it just plummets away. And one of your tasks, so you've got this to-do list in your survival guide that you find on the plane at the beginning. You make a to-do list in there and one of the tasks immediately gets added, like find your way to the bottom of the sinkhole. And it looks totally un, like you just couldn't climb down it. It looks like that. Mm. But you just can. I just walked at it just walked close to the edge and I just sort of slid in little chunks the whole way to the bottom. Oh, really? From the top? From the very top of the sinkhole? Yeah, from the very top, yeah. Oh, you're braver than me then because I, I did, I had a little like recce all the way around to see if there was any little ledge which I could aim for and I just decided actually there's not so I didn't even try. Yeah, no, I did try because I'd already encountered some sort of glitchy edges where like I managed to at one stage ascend an entire cliff by just facing the other way and pushing back on the keyboard so literally just walked backwards up a a vertical cliff oh, wow. and I was like huh I wonder if I can do a similar sort of thing here I mean I obviously had also found the proper way to the bottom of the sinkhole yeah uh, so I wasn't kind of spoiling it in that regard but I just thought it must be quite easy for them to not allow that given that like these are mechanics that are built into the game definitely and that's how I actually found the cliffside cave because I hadn't found that from within the cliff but when I slid down the edge I just sort of landed on it and I was like oh cool found another little place <laughs> ah nice because that's a pretty nice moment to be honest like yeah there was one cave system i went in and i straight away found the chainsaw and then straight away found the climbing axe and then straight away came out into the middle of the sinkhole and i was like oh that was pretty cool yeah i just found like three massive things in the space of 40 minutes or something i think it's those really sharp contrasts that work so well mm. you're always in these sort of bushes where there's there's like blackberry bushes and snowberries and stuff like that, that you can obviously harvest and hunter gatherer style that's what the landscape tends to be like and so actually it's quite nice when you emerge from that and suddenly there's this like with the crater that was just such a different landscape. And the same when I emerged and found like these snowy peaks, and there's a whole swathe of the map that's just covered in snow. And as soon as you walk into it, you become really cold and need to get dry and stuff like that. And the same with some of the beaches, like the contrasts are what I love. And actually, I'm not sure there was enough contrast. I felt like they could have done more. There could have been more variety of landscape and that would have been really satisfying. So what I was getting at, ages ago now it seems with the hunting is did you ever find raccoons to build your warm suit yeah i found bear raccoons mate (laughs) what are you fucking kidding i had more raccoons because i knew what to do with you are kidding me it's probably just luck where i built my base in the forest but when you sleep at night sometimes you get your sleep cycle all mucked up so after you sleep once to advance to the next day Mm. you sleep for a bit however many hours and it depends on when you start so if you go to bed in the evening you'll wake up in the morning but if you go to bed in the morning you'll wake up at night yeah logical but that really annoyed me yeah me too and one time i did it and i woke up in the middle of the night and i was like oh damn now i've just got to like mess around at night and i went out into my camp and there was just all these raccoons scuffling around and i was like oh okay <laughs> you're like get out of here get out of it yeah get out of here raccoons skit skit don't call me a raccoon i'm sorry I took it too far. I meant trash panda. They didn't walk up to your feet like me. Honestly, I couldn't move for raccoons where my base was. 
<laughs> what? I feel like you're talking about squirrels, mate. <laughs> I know a raccoon when I see one. You know there's a difference, right? Yeah. I know a raccoon when I see one. It's going in the compilation. Yeah, the irony is I've never seen a raccoon. I mean, we don't have raccoons in this country, do we? No. no. Do we have an equivalent animal? A polecat? A squirrel. A, a squirrel, okay. I reckon a squirrel is probably the closest thing we got to a raccoon. It's sort of like a squirrel crossed with a badger, isn't it? Ah, badger. That'd be the one. Badgers are obviously like meatier, heftier beasts. Yeah. They're more like sort of Britain's bears, aren't they? Mm, Britain's bears. The badger. Hey, we should launch another podcast about like wildlife. We're so good at this. <laughs> Why not? Video games, wildlife. We cover it all. Sort of like Spring Watch, but with younger faces. And voices. So yeah, no, I did find raccoon skins, but it must have just been lucky. That's the one thing I had to Google. I didn't even know because the only way you know what the animal hides are is because there's like a little drawing in the middle yeah. of the icon for the hide that sort of vaguely represents the thing. So like a boar has like, looks like a little pig snout or whatever. And the deer has antlers, mm. but you only need one raccoon hide and there's no like icon in it really. Or the the icon is just so, it looks like a fish, if anything. Like I was like, is this a shark skin? Because you sometimes find beached sharks. I thought it was a shark as well, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was that for ages. What is the deal with those beach sharks? I don't know, but there are alive sharks as well. Yeah, there are, yeah. But I got the impression it was to do with, because you can't drink water, even though you're finding streams and lakes and ponds, you can't drink the water because it's all like poisonous, mm. which suggested to me maybe it's like irradiated or something like that. Mm. And that's why you're getting like dead fish wash up on the beaches and stuff like that. Mm. Did you feel bad tormenting a turtle, by the way? Because oh. to get fresh water, you have to like kill a turtle and it retracts its little head and you end up shoving your spear through its little head slot. I felt so bad. I'm glad you brought this up because I think maybe I just scrolled through the Steam achievements and there is an achievement for being a vegetarian and not killing an animal the entire game. But you'd have to be wow. pretty committed to do that. And towards the end, I did get more into having my supply of blackberries and or, like snacks, I said already. So in hindsight, I think it would be possible. But at, at the beginning, you're just like, well, sorry, turtle, you're going down. But yeah, I felt bad. Yeah. And it's really, it like makes little squeaks of like displeasure, displeasure, pain while you're doing it. What is it about turtles that elicit such an emotional response? from people it's a similar level to whales isn't it i think it's that you have to go out of your way to harm them in a way that you don't other animals like with a deer it's kind of like you shoot a deer in the head with an arrow or whatever and you expect it to drop in this game they don't just say and they'll run around with multiple arrows in them but yeah in general you expect that to happen and also it's something you see quite a lot whereas with a turtle it's like you go over and you think you can just stab it but it just retracts its head and so you have to properly like go at its like little head hole like and it's also like weirdly is it well, i don't know what you're gonna say then but well i don't know you're just jabbing into this hole with your spear were you gonna say you're gonna say sexual yeah yeah just say Gonna say sexual. Okay. Just say you feel the way that I feel. Good. Good. I'm feeling sexual. So 
pardon me, man alive, you've got to sort out your Freudian issues. Well, but yeah, you're basically like properly penetrating this turtle's hole, and it's very, very visceral and unpleasant, isn't it? It's horrible, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, and I think that's why it's it's so bad. I only killed one for one like water thing. I didn't kill another one after that. Yeah, same, same. And actually, as you say, there's so many goddamn sodas in the game. I thought, mm. fuck it, I'll just give myself diabetes instead. Yeah, eventually you just you clock on that there's unlimited sodas and you know where the soda box is going to respawn. Speaking of really hardy animals, by the way, it's not just the animals that are hardy. I felt like the enemies took way too much damage. Like, once you start developing explosives, which, you know, pretty basic, they require like a wristwatch, a PCB board, a bit of gaffer tape and some alcohol or coin. something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, and a coin. As soon as you start making these things that when you actually construct them look like very high-tech bombs, <laughs> you think, oh yeah, if I'm wanging bloody bombs at people, or, or you also find sticks of dynamite, you would think if I'm throwing dynamite at enemies, they're not going to survive. Like, that's just mm. unsurvivable. Yeah. But actually, they just don't mind. They don't bat an eyelid. They just keep coming at you. Yeah. Honestly, some of those swinging army things, I think they are actually called armies, they basically have like 10 arms and like some sort of weird giant thing. You can throw five or six explosives at them before they drop. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, so apart from the people, there are, that I found anyway, three big fatty enemies. One is like really huge and runs at you. Big fatty enemies. <laughs> I love it. What a description. They are though. That's what they, they're huge. And this one like is your classic runs at the wall and then gets kind of dazed and falls down on its bum like oh whoops and, like keeps charging at you easy again the armies similar vibe a bit bigger more arms but not very effective like swings at you but easy to dodge and shoot arrows at mm. and then the hardest one is sort of squid mutant they are actually quite quick and if you're not careful will just like whack you around a good bit but yeah like you say you got loads of explosives but three sticks of dynamite to explode one if you want to kill it like that. Yeah, God, it's so annoying. And that's another thing that you have a cap on in your inventory. You can only carry like five dynamite or something. Mm, yeah. It's just a bit pointless. Can we get on to spoilers then? Because I am proper intrigued by this. Because I really felt like I was on the edge of finding Timmy and that I didn't have much more of the game. But you played 45 hours and I played 15. So there's got to be a bunch of stuff I didn't see. Oh, yeah, mate. There's a bunch of stuff. So how many of the, as you're discovering the cave systems, you are finding tapes and uh, VCRs, are they called? Or something like that. Is it called a VCR? Jesus, we're so modern these days. I can't even remember what you play. A videotape, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're also finding cassettes, audio cassettes. And you find a little cassette player and a little camcorder or whatever to play both of those things. Didn't find the camcorder, to be fair. Oh, well, so, okay, that's what I was going to get, actually. So the tapes are kind of almost just like discoverables, aren't they? They like play cool tunes that you can run around with and it replenishes your energy level if you're listening to music. I did like that. Like when I was building my base and I put on a record, it was like, oh yeah, I'm getting to work. <laughs> and it also relieved a lot of the tension when you're in a cave. If you just whack on some music, it's like, oh yeah, now I'm, it's a totally different scene, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It changes mm. the setting immediately. But the 
videotapes contain little hints as to what you're going to find later on. But if you didn't find the camcorder, then you obviously weren't going to be able to play them. Mm. So yeah, no, I missed that. So do you want to know what's on them? Yeah, please. Okay, huddle time, huddle time, huddle time. Gather around, guys. So basically, once you've got through a load of the cave systems, you've got to the bottom of the sinkhole. There's this massive giant door that has a little stone dace that uh, you presumably got through, where you put like rocks on the dace and it like opens the door. You run into the bottom of the sinkhole, there's like a pool of water. You swim down through it for ages. You definitely would need the rebreather by the time you get there. Emerge on the other side. There's another cave, which I think the game calls like the Hell Cave or Death Cave or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's full of like hard shit. And this was a bit annoying actually, because up until here, you can easily build temporary shelters and save and whatever else. But here, there's very limited option to do that. And suddenly the difficulty level of the game ramps up. So there was a lot of reloading going on for me at this stage. Mm. And you go through that cave, fight a load of stuff. You get to this door that looks very suspiciously like a very modern door. Almost like, again, in Lost when you find that... uh, Hatch. The hatch, yeah. And you find this door. It's got a key card. If you found that key card earlier on in the game, did you find a key card earlier on in the game too? Didn't find the key card, no. Okay, well, so if you found the key card, then you can get through the door. I can only imagine how incredibly frustrating it would be if you hadn't found the key card at this point. Oh my God. Yeah, you get through the door and it's a research facility at the heart of the island. Wow. Everything goes super modern. It's an organization called Sahara, I think. Sahara Therapeutics or something like that. And you go along these sort of like barren corridors that are painted red. So you know you discover paint Mm -hmm. throughout the island and red inspires like a passivity in in the mutants. They're way less likely to attack you if you're covered in paint. I liked that. The theme kind of carries on. So all the corridors are really painted red to suppress the mutant rage or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. Though now I'm thinking of it, is that not like the opposite of what Red normally does? Red is like Angus bulls and shit, doesn't it? Well, yeah, bulls run towards it. That's why they use them in bullfights. Yeah. Yeah. What do bullfighters shout? Uh, Ondele, maybe. (laughs) Arriva! Okay, something Spanish, but yeah. And that's what Red does. So they've kind of inverted that idea, I guess. But you go through it, you find like tons of sort of research cubicles, all sorts of experiments that have gone wrong with like, you know, the armies, the big monsters with arms. Like you find those, but like so many arms, like the whole cubicle is like get to the end he's still trying to fight to suppress this like other being that's inside him or whatever oh my god oh my god that was fascinating by the way i was enraptured (laughs) while you're telling that story well fair dues because i already thought this game was good but what you've described there I'm jealous that I didn't get to experience it myself i am jealous usually i don't mind about spoilers but for that, like, I can just see how compelling that would have been to discover it all. So, yeah, nice. Good work. Good work. Oh, mate, I was absolutely hooked. Honestly, it's the most sort of... Not addicted. It wasn't because it was... It was. I wanted to be there. Like, addicted is like has a negative slant to mm. it. 
And I didn't feel negative about this game. Like I wanted to come back and sit back and re-immerse myself in the world. So yeah, it was really cool. And I mean, sure, the research lab was a bit kind of cliched. I mean, very cliched. Like, you know, you're in a research lab when there's like a periodic table on the wall and <laughs> like a magazine called The Ethical Scientist on coffee tables and stuff like that. By Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it was brilliant. It was a very well-organised adventure. Speaking as someone that didn't find that part of the game, I know that I would have been, like, shocked. Like, there is hints of, like, the modern stuff around about, but in what I experienced, there was enough there to already make it a complete game, I felt. Mm. So, yeah, the fact that there was more surprises and intrigue in store. Well, there's actually even more, because obviously that's only one ending. Mm. And because there isn't a save point, unfortunately, I couldn't just reboot and play the other. Well, I mean, I, I don't know technically I could have, but it would have been like five hours more gameplay. So I didn't. Sorry, mm-hmm. guys. Instead, I just loaded up YouTube and watched someone else play the alternative ending. And essentially, so the yacht that I mentioned at the beginning with a locked door, you can finally go back and access that because you get the key card right at the end. So you can go back and open that and you find like a clue that leads you to another cave that leads you to another little device that essentially is some sort of crystal that changes between, I think it's red and blue. And when it's red, it attracts mutants. And when it's blue, it repels them. So it's just kind of like a little perk for you to have Uh so that you can enjoy playing the game more while you're stranded on the island. I quite like that as well. I thought that was nice. Although I'm not really sure that I would stay on the island anymore now I've finished it kind of thing. Because I kind of got a kick out of making the base, but only because I knew that I needed to be well equipped for this adventure that I was on. And if I didn't have that sense of narrative impetus, I'm not sure I would still enjoy doing all that. Like in Astroneer, there was very, very small impetus to discover and do things in the game. This is the opposite, like you're setting yourself up for the adventure, but then once the adventure's complete... Yeah, I mean, I love that. I love that. That, for me, is what Subnautica does brilliantly and this game does brilliantly. Yeah, that's It's not enough to just give me an incredible world to explore. Like, I need to know why I'm exploring it. And immediately in this game, it's like, your little boy Timmy gets stolen, you've got to save him from psychos. While you're at it, why not map the island? While you're at it, identify every passenger on the flight manifest, solve the conundrum of the locked door on the yacht, and discover the history of this crazy place. And it's like, straight away, you've got all those options. It's like, I can't wait to get going. (laughs) Sign me up. What I would say about uh, the base, though, like, I I spent a lot of time building, like, my cabin and my, like, tree houses and my fences and all that sort of thing, only to have it, like, trampled on at one stage. I did reload, but, like, trampled on by a couple of the big enemies. When that happened, I was like, oh, come on. I've spent literal hours building this. You can turn that off, though, in the settings. Yeah, I know. I know it's that You can, turn off enemies attacking your base. Yeah. But then I also thought, I've got a lot from building this base and it's fun, but um, has it actually helped me? Could I have just gone out without ever building a base? I don't know. But yeah, it works. It's a minor point. Mm. But you can see how like the kinds of people that we, same kind of people we talked about in Astroneer, who just love crafting and love building bases, would get a kick out of this. Yeah, You could make pretty impressive, like complex if you wanted to. Oh, 100%. I mean, you can make tree houses. You can make cranes to like pulley stuff up to your tree house. You can make zip wires between all your tree houses. You can make rafts, houseboats. Like, yeah. there is a lot you can do. But I don't know that it's got the versatility of a game like Astroneer if what you're after is a creation sandbox. Mm. But if you're after a way of solving an adventure and 
feeling really well equipped for it and yeah. just having a blast while you do it. I mean, I can see why this game was a success in terms of the pitching and I guess it must be a success commercially as well because they're making the sequel. It's the kind of pitch that I imagine would just be really well received in a Netflix boardroom where they're like, mm. give me more, give me more. And they're like, okay, so you're stranded on an island, plane crash, brilliant, what next? There's mutants there, brilliant, what next? Uh, some sort of research facility with like trying to find eternal life. Yeah, amazing, what's next? It's like sharks, okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they're literally just throwing these ingredients <laughs> into the mix. Sharks. Because, you know, there's a fine line between stupidity and you know, less is more and all that. Mm. But I think in a survival game, you can definitely do more is more, really. Mm. So, yeah. This has been a lot of fun to talk about it. One thing I will add in, just as, as a little extra on the end, is after playing this game, I did have a dream that I skinned someone alive and then also my housemate skinned someone alive and that we were driving with these skinned bodies in the back of my car. So, uh, yeah, the, the horror, I think, definitely seeped into my subconscious. <laughs> when so I was maybe it is making of a serial killer as well. <laughs> I was pretty shocked when I woke up. I was like, that was probably the most disgusting dream I've ever had. <laughs> I don't usually have shocking dreams like that. Why do you think he removes their skins, Agent Starling? Throw me with your acumen. It excites him. Most serial killers keep some sort of trophies from their victims. I didn't. No. No, you ate yours. Next, here. Well, next, we've decided to do Iron Harvest. It's not just called Iron Harvest, though, is it? Isn't it called... Oh, is it not? Iron Harvest 1920 Plus. Oh, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is called that. I mean, I don't know whether it is or it's not, but it certainly says that on the front of the cover of the game. I don't know what kind of name that is, but we'll roll with Iron Harvest. Mm, Diesel Punk real-time strategy. Is it? Diesel Punk? Diesel Punk, yeah. Nice. Interesting twist. You know what I think of when I think of, uh, well, maybe not Diesel Punk, but all those Thomas the Tank Engine diesel trains, you know, like Evil and Diesel. Evil Diesel. No. You don't know them? Just you, mate. No. You never watched Thomas the Tank Engine? Oh, yeah, when I was very, very small. I can't say I've treasured the memories of it. Those evil diesel trains. We diesels don't need to learn. We know everything. We come to a yard and improve it. We are revolutionary. What I think of when I think of diesel punk is the sort of goth kids when I was in school who had like loads of studs in them and like in their jeans and in their trousers and in these big boots and stuff. I'm not really sure what the diesel connection is there. Maybe that's just the punk. But in my head, there's sort of like a gritty dieselness to them. Uh, okay. Or maybe it's the brand, the diesel. Maybe they wore like bulky diesel belts or something. You wear like diesel belts, don't you? I thought I wasn't going to get the sponsorship money for that then, but managed to tuck it in at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Influencing has taken a new form. So yeah, Iron Harvest. Be a nice change of pace to be above the action rather than beneath it. Mm, for sure. And we haven't done a game like that. No, closest we've done is Frostpunk, which we both loved. So Yeah, there was quite a big deliberation about what the next game was going to be because Teo was really pushing kinky bastard was really pushing for monster prom because he got such a kick out of playing paradise killer and he was like i just love the dating vibe i, I really want to date some like monsters in monster prom 
I love it. And he started linking me reviews where people were like, I can't get enough of the kink and stuff. Sexy Damien, stupid sexy Damien. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're not really selling this to me, Tara, if I'm honest. It's really romantic. Come on, you don't want to hear all the horny details. Are you okay? This is a complete fabrication, listeners. I do want to play it. If Ben had his way, he'd be like, as if you haven't already played it already, Teo, you dirty bastard. I haven't played it. I just think it would be interesting to see what the dating sim genre is all about. So I do think we should play it in the future. Well, I said I haven't ruled it out. So maybe let us know, should we play a dating sim game in future? And if we are going to, should it be Monster Sim or should it be something a little bit more grounded? A little bit more human? Like Dream Daddy. You know them all, don't you, Tay? What else? Give us only, dream, dream. only Dream Daddy and Monster Prom. Those are the only two I know about. It's got to be Monster Prom. For me. It's got such good reviews. Honestly, when I was doing that, I was, I, I was half joking. But when I actually looked into it, I was like, wow, this game's, this game's buzzing. Rave reviews. Yeah, rave reviews from 14-year-old girls, mate. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Ooh, snooty bit of gendered stereotyping. Taylor's looking very disapproving at me. Nothing wrong with that demographic, is there? Maybe half our listeners are 14 year old girls, for all you know. Seems unlikely. I'm not sure how I feel about that. (laughs) (laughs) Instant discomfort. Wait, what? Can you hear me? Oi, oi. Can't, can't hear me, I guess. I can't hear you. I don't know what's going on. Huh. Why, oh why, would this be happening? <laughs> can you hear me tell you? Show me a sign. I can hear you fine, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs>